1 Corinthians 12.10 is to, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits. You don't necessarily have to go there. I'll let you know where you want to go. Um, in fact, if you want to if you want to open your Bibles, you can go to 1 John 4. So to another discerning of spirits, to another divers kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. So discerning of spirits is where we really need to dig into. And when it comes to prophecy, the gift of prophecy is really what we have now. It's not like Old Testament times where God appointed prophets, okay? Or the book of Acts, where there were still miracles taking place and this transition into the church age that we're in now. You've got a finished, completed Bible that has prophecy in it. And that's where the gift of prophecy comes into play. So I only want to touch on that for a little bit for you guys to understand that people having the miraculous word of God come upon them and God told me to say this or tell you this or say that's anytime I hear somebody like that, I buckle up because I'm just like, okay, is what they're going to say have anything to do with what the Bible says? Or is this their own charismatic deal going on? You've got the gift of prophecy comes from what the Bible says and what is in there and about the times that are to come from the rapture forward. And we've got to finish where it says that. But this discerning of spirits, this one is no question my spiritual gift. Um, and it's a dangerous one. And I believe it is also yours. Appreciate that. <laughs> well, I'm, I mean, because I, I went back and listened to RJ, but you and I shared, we were in the same class for spiritual leadership with Jay. And you were in there, you were commenting on several items while we were going through that. So I went back and listened to the tapes this week in my preparation for this. So before I get into the definitions or anything like that, because I know your time is tight, are you willing to share how this gift works in your life? Oh, put me Johnny on the spot. Oh, come on. You're yeah, like prepared. you're not used to it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think part of that does play out into gift or curse. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Just knowing people for who they really are and being able to see that to kind of get a sense of people being trustworthy, honest. It is something I think that is, I think it's something that you can acquire and learn or you naturally have that gift. And I think even doing this job as long as I have has really opened up the channels for that. Um, really seeing people for who they really and genuinely are, fake or true. Um, you know, I think when we, when we use that with you guys, I think you don't give us sometimes enough credit because we really do know who you guys are as, as spiritual leaders. You know, we've talked about the role of pastors and you know how Corey's gonna be accountable uh, for your souls. Uh, a lot of that does fall also on our leaders too, not to the extent of a pastor, but when we say something about you guys, and I know from my experience, it's because we do see it because we've also lived through that. Yeah. And leaders, you can jump in on this, you know, you know where I'm going with this. I mean, I think part of that too comes in, for me, I've been where most of you guys are. I've, I've had it worse, I've done worse. 
um, from not coming up and knowing truth like you guys do, being part of a group like you guys do. I didn't have this. I was raised from a Catholic background. I've had to learn the hard way, and I hate when someone says, well, I have to learn it that way too. No, you, you don't. Just listen to those who have gone through it and not make those same mistakes. So I think that's kind of part of where having a discerning spirit and just, it's, it's also relying on, on truth, and obviously truth for us is the word of God, knowing. That's why it's important to, to know our Bibles. Um, it almost seems like a curse of that, <laughs> in a sense, and that's what's so funny about it. But you just know when something's right or wrong. You, you, you just have a sense of it. Um, it's supernatural. Yeah, Folks that have this spiritual gift. But what is it? Who remembers the definition from last week? What's supernatural? Was nobody listening? <laughs> really? What? Simplified version is it's not natural. Not natural. Yeah. Not right. You just, you just know. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that have that. A lot of people who have it don't want it. But yeah. you just know. Yeah. So. And I've seen it, like, this is one of my spiritual gifts also, but, like, seeing it with Andy, too, like, being able to walk into a space and immediately go, there's darkness here. Yeah, oh, yeah. That happens a lot with me. Look into somebody's eyes and go, there's darkness there. Yes. Um, Like, when you kind of get that, like, I don't want to say sixth sense, like, not like the movie, like, very people, but, um, like, it is a sixth sense where you, your, your spirit within you immediately is on guard. Oh, yeah. You're immediately uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I'm dealing with darkness. And, and to tackle on that, that's why I think it's Ephesians 5, it's important to me walking circumspectly. You have to have your head on a swivel. And if you know me, I'm always... Yep. Everywhere. I don't like sitting with my back at a door. I mean, it's paranoia, maybe. OCD, yes. But that's just part of who I am. You yeah. Know, being prepared. I think a lot of it does have to do with this spiritual gift and it's it, it is it's a blessing and a curse we'll get into that here um but you you can't shut it off and that's one of the things it never it's like it just never shuts off i've told you guys and that's <laughs> this is funny to listen to jay he's like i hope he's like i'm going to share this with you because it's my spiritual gift also and he's like i want you to still talk to me he's like i don't want you to freak out with what i'm going to mm-hmm. tell you and i could honestly say the same thing i don't want we don't want you guys freaking out with what comes out of this lesson because it's like oh man i'm not talking to them no more it's always because people they they revere you as possibly being judgmental and you've already got your mind made up and that's not the case because i want to be clear in this i have been wrong and when you are wrong with this gift you better you humble yourself and own up otherwise you will bury yourself quickly with your reputation and and how you're interpreted interpreted by other people was said interpreted or interpreted by other people. So thank you. I didn't know how much long how long you had, but I wanted to share. I wanted to have you share it. So this is the supernatural ability to perceive the why behind what is said and done in any given situation in order to help the body of Christ. And that is the main objective. Is that this spiritual gift? If you have it. The goal is to help the body of Christ because ultimately this gift, you can consume it upon yourself and it can be consumed in your flesh. It can make you feel very self-righteous and it can puff you up. That is why it is extremely, this is an extremely dangerous one. So, I'm, dude, we got to talk to Keith about this. This just doesn't, this doesn't you work. Do you have transitions on there or animations? 
I have no idea. I'm not a PowerPoint guy. I know how to make the stuff work, man. I don't know how to use it. It's one of those things I can I can build you the car and say here drive it, but when somebody says get in the car and drive it, I don't I don't know all the intricacies with PowerPoint and Excel and Word and all that stuff. So I, I don't know. I'm not going to worry about it. I got most of the verses on my notes. I'll just read them as we go. So and we got we got to keep rolling here. So unlike the word of knowledge that I taught from the vantage point of sitting in the bleacher seats last the last time I taught. I'm teaching this lesson from being the captain of the jet, and it's 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 freaky, and it's not the easiest to do when when it's when it is your spiritual gift. So for me, and let me ask you this: if it's for, if this is you, and my wife will tell you, I'm not the best multitasker. Okay, I pretty much suck at it. But for me, it, it's it, just so you understand from a high level. And again, I don't want you guys to be freaked about freaked out about it or whatever, but. What you you should know and understand is that you know you will always get an, an honest answer from me or anybody else in this room, leadership wise, that has this gift. I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. Andy's not going to tell you what you want to hear. You're going to hear what you need to hear. Now, how we handle that is is different. Are we going to hit you with a hammer, or are we going to hit you with a hammer and then bandage the wound and try to encourage you and understand why we're coming from a vantage point that we're coming from? because of what we see, what we understand is going on. That's that's the thing. It's like, you know, again, he says it, you know, we we do have a lot of understanding of what's going on with this. Some people that are that are in here, I know some some are slipping. And that's not just from talking to you. I can tell by your actions, your behaviors, your conversations. Some get distant and and we pick up on that. And we're just like I'm just like you're not being honest. I know you're not being honest. You know, and it's and I hate had like I said I can't shut that off and it's just like I want to be like there is one person in here who I've done it with because I just I can I don't know, I'm a rather blunt instrument with them, but they're kind of a blunt instrument too, so it's give and take. But I ask them I'm like I'm like what is going on? Nothing. I'm like you lie. I'm like you lie like a dog, man. I'm like come on. I'm like, well, nothing, man. Things are okay. I'm fine. I'm like, all right. I mean, I'm not, hey, whatever, man. They'll show up eventually. It'll, uh, eventually, God's going to work it out in them. And I always tell them, like, listen, you got an open door here when you want it. And and that's the thing that we wanted you to understand is the door's open. Don't be freaked out about it because you're, we're not the only ones with this spiritual gift. They're all over the place. But at your guys' age, you guys need to start working on identifying it. Is, it. is this your gift? It needs to be honed out. You need to identify this is what all this is about, all these gifts that we're talking about. This is not a study for the faint of heart. Again, what we're covering in here, this is some advanced stuff. This isn't your cookie cutter, Sunday morning, Sunday school, little baby spoon-fed class. It's not. None of this is. I mean, I try to keep that in mind if we have people coming, like we have guests that are in here, people that haven't been coming that long. But at the end of the day, it's not. This is the material. This is the Word of God, and this is what it says. So we're going we're gonna to dig into it, however that works out. So now the Bible, the Bible says, I'm covering this verse a little bit. I'm going to be kind of jumping around on your sheet here. So 1 John 4, 6. Is that where I had you guys go? Yeah. So we are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit and the spirit of error. 
So in this verse, it clearly it clarifies that if we're saved and we know Christ personally, that we all bear, all of us bear some element of this as the Holy Spirit resides in us so we can know the spirit of truth or error. Okay? When you get saved, your eyes are opened and you can start perceiving a lot of things. Does it mean it's your spiritual gift? Not necessarily because it gets on steroids. Like I said, this kind of becomes a supernatural thing. It's weird. But all of you have an aspect of this gift, and it goes back to you. Some of you got to work at it, some of you don't. And it took time for me to work this spiritual gift out and really to understand that I have it. And some of you have it, and some of you got to figure it out. But you got to be relying on God with it. Because, again, this can be very fleshly, and it can, be, it can puff you up. So, um, so for me like this, when it comes to this, this, this gift, and I suck at multitasking like I said, for me, when I'm in a conversation with somebody and I, it just happens and I start and I'm listening to them talk, I process what they're saying. I hear the words that they're saying. I listen to how they articulate. I watch their body language. I see if they move around. I see if they have shaky eyes. Are they making eye contact with me? Or are they shifting off all the time? Are they looking at the wall? Are they looking at other people? I'm paying attention to that. One of the things I learned early on, anybody that has shaky eyes, there's two things going on. Either one, they're completely uncomfortable with their surroundings, or they're criminally minded. They're looking for opportunities. They're looking for who else is around them if they can get away with something. That's another aspect of it. Another thing is, are they really interested in what you're talking about? Or could, could they care less? So somebody that has shifting eyes, are they always looking around the room? And I know that I do it with people sometimes, and sometimes I don't even know why I do it. I can't explain it, but I'll know I'll be in conversations and I'll be looking, I'll be looking around, and it's weird. But I pay attention to that kind of thing. I'm always paying attention to that kind of thing. How people walk, just how they carry themselves, their whole persona. But it doesn't mean that I'm always right because people get me wrong all the time. They look at me, I'm just walking, because I'm focused. If I got something on my mind and I'm intense about something, they look at me and go, why do you look so mad? Hey Rick, why you look, what? are you mad? Are you mad? You always look mad. It's my face, man, I can't help it. I got my Uncle Mike's eyebrows, man. They, they hang down like this. Can't help it, it's genetics part of the time. If I was mad all the time, I'd be a pretty miserable individual, right? I mean, I think you guys know me well enough in here. I'm not always mad, and I'm not a miserable individual. At least I'd like to hope I think I don't broadcast that. But I can process all that instantly. I can be talking with you, and I'm processing all that. It's always running in the underlier. It's constantly going, analyzing. And it can drive me crazy because sometimes I just can't shut it off or I just want to enjoy a conversation. But sometimes, depending on how that conversation is going, I can. It kind of takes a minimal roll over here and I really kind of dig into what we're doing. And other times, it's just I, I'm, I'm, I'm conversing with you and I'm tuned in, but at the same time, man, there's just something that's making me uncomfortable. There was an individual that would come here. I'm telling you, when I saw him walking across the parking lot, I, my skin just crawled. I was uncomfortable with them, and even to this day, I still can't put my finger on it. But I would have conversations with them. I'm just like, like no, man. I was like, there's no, there's no way, there's no way this is you. I know I'm not meeting the real you. This is your representative. There's no way. And that's the thing. Can you guys figure out if you are meeting somebody's representative or this is who they truly are? 
That's what a lot of this discerning of spirits is. It's a lot of that. So we'll keep moving here. So that's the thing. Can you supernaturally process these things like lightning? But you do have an element of this. So in the definitions, discerning, this is on your sheet, being able to perceive the difference between two things. Being able to perceive the difference between two things. In Genesis 27, 23, you don't have to go there. If you're going to go to somewhere, I'm going to tell you where to go here. So just hear, hear out what, what the Bible says. And he discerned him not, because his hands were hairy as his brother Esau's hands, so he blessed them. And we're familiar with, with the deceiving of Isaac for the birthright that Jacob and his mother Rebekah came up with. And Isaac couldn't distinguish who it really was. He believed that he was fully blind at the time. So they concocted this whole scheme in order for Jacob to get the birthright because it was truly Esau's to begin with. And <laughs> it's just when you start reading the Bible, it just makes me wonder. It's like, what happened in this gap of time? This family was to be blessed. It's like, how did they turn into like the... the uh, I want to be nice. How did they just get to where they're at? It's like, what went on with you people? Hey, I'm going to make these sleeves, and we're going to trick Dad, and he's going to give me the birthright. I mean, seriously, where do you <laughs> concoct this stuff? And after dealing, talking with some people, and, and, they're, uh, and, and they're dealing with an estate, and after a death in the family, man, I'll tell you what, people's true colors show up. So um, what are you guys going to do with their car now that they're not here anymore? What are you guys going to do with the property? Uh, what about this stuff? And what about that? You f man, the carnality and the sin of people, it can come out like that. You want to talk about an eye-opening with this spiritual gift? I got to see that after my mom passed. Thankfully, my family was pretty good about it, but I was talking with a coworker, and he's dealing with a situation with his brothers. It's disgusting. There's no way that siblings ought to treat each other the way that they treat each other. It's sick after handling the estate with their parents. It's disgusting. So, so we're familiar with this story. But Isaac discerned him not. He couldn't tell the difference. So you got to be able to tell the difference with this thing. You know, how, how did they get there? I don't know, but it's really kind of sad when you read about the story and where it gets to and then everything that happens from the fallout of that and Esau's, you know, pursuing, pursuing Jacob and all that. It's, it's, it's just crazy. 1 Kings 3.9, Give therefore... Thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this thy so great a people? This is Solomon coming into the king, coming into the kingship. Solomon's prayer regarding becoming the king and the need for wisdom. And again, he asked for wisdom as he had. He he was likely overwhelmed with this. If he's asking for that, it's an enormity. He's gonna be the king. That's no joke. He's gonna be the guy that's looked to. You know, and we really can't get our head around that, but he got his head around it, and he asked God for wisdom. He needed discernment to do the job. You've got to have discernment to do that job, job, to be in that kind of a leadership role. It's one thing to be a parent and be the lead of your household. It's another one to be the lead of a nation. And we can read all through the Old Testament about good kings and bad kings. How about not having the keyboard on here? Thank you. So... Um, Go ahead and go to Hebrews. You guys in Hebrews 5? Go ahead and go to Hebrews 5. 
running up. I'm way off this morning. I don't even know where I put my book bag at. Where's my book bag? Right here. Is it there? <laughs> Literally, I have it up here. Oh, brother. All right. So, Hebrews 5. We got verse 14, but I want to start in verse in verse 12. It says, For when, for when the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need to teach one ye have need that one teach you again which be the first principles of the oracles of God and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. So you got to understand where you're at on this. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Okay? But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil evil. So again, I want to stress where you guys are at in your age. You've been in such a big hurry to grow up, but you're in the aspects of transitioning into adulthood, especially you seniors and you juniors, you upperclassmen. This is, this is a time where you need to start identifying these gifts and where they at and start polishing them in your life. You need them. You have to understand that. Again, this is not a cookie cutter lesson or a study. But this is what it's talking about. You have the milk of the word and you have the meat of the word. And you have to identify where you're at in that, especially when you're in this transition of being out on your own. And you're going to be out on your own faster than you realize it. Middle school, maybe it was long for you. Maybe it was a blur. Maybe high school is a blur now. You're like, man, I'm a junior. I was just a freshman. And you just you don't even think about your sophomore year. I don't know. High school went quick for me. Life goes fast. I'm telling you, the older you get, the faster it goes. Blah, blah, blah. I heard it all before. All you old people say the same thing. Uh, you know, whatever. And you just kind of blow it off. But it's facts. Because you're going to turn 18. And you're going to be 22. And you're going to see a lot of people either finishing their college or they're getting out of the military if they go to the military. Or they've been in the workforce for a while. And then they turn 24. And then they've been dating somebody for a while. And then they're talking about getting married. And by the time they're 24 to 26 years old, a lot of you guys are married. And it goes like that. So the other thing is, too, with these spiritual gifts, and if you have a love interest, where are the, what are their spiritual gifts? Are you analyzing those? Are you looking at those? How's that going to play out if the two of you are together? Have you thought about that yet? You need to be thinking about that. You need to be praying about that. So... You guys are making this transition. You need to consider where you're at. Spirits on your sheet. The true motive of people that causes them to say and do things. And man, this is the one that I really get tripped up with. I won't say tripped up with, but it's where I, I tend to park the car on. I go, man, what makes you tick? Why are you, why are you the way that you are? Not saying bad, good, bad, or indifferent, but the more that I start talking to somebody and the more that I'm getting to know them, I just I like asking people questions and I let them talk. And again, that's why I like to listen. But again, this whole supernaturalist thing is I'm listening to you talk and it's not that I want to be this lie detector test. It just happens. And I sometimes I just want, I just want to have a conversation where I'm not trying to figure the person out, but it doesn't stop. 
But in those conversations, I ask you guys, I'm talking, I'll ask questions, and I get to know you guys. And, and, and that's why I go, man, what makes you tick? And then some of the decisions that people will make, you know, especially if they're bad ones, we're just going, especially if we've talked with you and we get to know you, and this comes out of left field, and we're just like, we're just like, they did what? You know, we'll talk about things as, as leaders. And again, it's not to talk trash about your gossip because we have your best interest in mind. We want to see you guys successful. So again, understand that. It's not a gossip column for us. It is the fact that we we pray and we want to steer you guys in the right direction at all times, whether it's corporately like this or individually. All right? So get so understand that with the use of this spiritual gift. But we're just like, man, where's that coming from? Where did this decision come from? Why... What's going on there? There's something else going on that we just we don't know about. And and that's why we'll kind of stop and sometimes we'll reach out to you and because we're concerned. Mm-hmm. And it's just like you're heading down a path here that's got the results aren't going to be good like you think they are. Whether that's either been there, done that, or it's contrary to the word of God or whatever, but anybody that's got this supernatural gift, man, our buzzers start going off. And we're just like you know, so we try to head you off at the pass and get in front of you, like, hey, what's what's going on? But there's times we're just sitting there, we're trying to figure out, you know, who you are. What makes you tick? Why are you the way that you are? Why is your personality the way you are? I start, you know, if I get to know your parents, I talk to your parents and say, okay, they're more like their mom. Oh, they're more like their dad. Or they're not like their mother or their father. It's like, wow, they're really different. You know, it just depends. So, um, First John or uh, John three one through ten. You don't have to go there, uh, so I'm just going to summarize it. Is um, this is about Nicodemus, and and the thing is, and, it, and it's the motive again. It's the motive with this guy. When does he come to him? And it's in verse two. Says this same, this same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. Do you? Okay. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. But why did he go to him at night? This is off business hours. He's sneaking in, man, because he knows if his crew, his other leaders, this guy's with, because he says in verse 10, Jesus answered and said unto him after the conversation that they have, Art thou a master of Israel and knowest not these things? So he goes to him in the dark at night to ask him questions because he knows he would get laid into because these leaders, these Sadducees and Pharisees, they hated Christ. They hated him. He was going to run. He's running game on on. He's running game on their power because he's a son of God and he's going to call them out on it. And that's what he does. And that's what this is about getting to know Christ. And that's what happens here. His motive is to go at night because he knows the results. All right. Uh, go ahead and go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He goes on to say, Matthew 15, 7 through 9, says, Ye hypocrites... Well did Esaias prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart 
Their heart is far from me, but in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the communications of men. Their hearts are not into what the Word of God says. Their hearts are into the doctrines of men. And there's a lot of, again, we talk about philosophies and you know all that. Their motives. What are their motives behind some of this stuff? They don't care what the Word of God says. You've got to discern that when you're talking with people at times. Shouldn't say at times, really all times. Okay. Um, I'm just having you prep there. Romans 8:16. For the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Again, this goes back. You've got some element of this. Okay? You gotta start working it out. But our spirit bears witness with God's spirit. And it's important to understand. And again, you gotta keep in mind that your flesh can get in the way with this. And we already looked at this verse compliments, 1 John 4, 6. So, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 15. I want to cover this here quickly. But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. But God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. you got to understand where your spot is, where your Spirit and His Spirit commune right. when you're saved and He dwells in you. This isn't some charismatic stuff. It's just understanding what the Word of God says and how this gift applies to you personally. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him. Even so, the things of God, the things of God, knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Does this make sense, or is it kind of confusing? You might need to take a little bit of time and work through these verses to understand your relationship, your spirit with God's spirit, and how this all ties in together with your spiritual gift, if you have this, and really your spiritual gifts overall. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, faith. Is it starting to make sense how this all gets into the blender? I'm praying that it does. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God. Again, if you're saved, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Is this making sense? This verse kind of summarizes this whole gift. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. Maybe go back this week and dwell on that verse a little bit and meditate on it, because it's a lot to swallow. But it applies. It applies. A lot of people will say, well, I'm confused about the Holy Spirit and how it works in my life and this and that and the other. If you're saved, A, you have the Holy Spirit. But B, you need to work it out. And this is a great verse to look at. And you've got to keep in mind, too, this is 1 Corinthians. What's the context of 1 Corinthians? They're a backslidden church. They're backslidden. So he's on the war path of correcting this church. This is a rebuking time at this time that this is written. That church is being rebuked. But you can take away from that. He's reminding them, this is who you are in the Spirit of God. Get it down. So was it for the church at Corinth at that time? Yes. Does it apply to you at this time? Absolutely, devotionally, it can. 
All right. Ephesians 2, 1 through 3, And ye hath he quickened who were dead in trespass and sins. Quickened means made alive. Wherein time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Again, if you're not saved, you're in that category of children of disobedience. Among whom also we all had our conversation in time past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Have you put that behind you? Have you repented of that if, you've become, if you know Christ personally? So... For these verses, this supernatural gift can be e- it can it can be used to glorify God and not for the lusts of our flesh. It's easy to do that. So those of this spiritual discernment can interpret statements, situations, environments, and people to determine if they are righteous, unrighteous, godly, selfish, and the list goes on. It goes back to that verse in First John four one through six. Is this you? Don't raise your hands. But if this is something like. If this is something that you can tell might be with you, this might be your spiritual gift, does this make sense to you? Does any of this ring a bell? Because, again, this is not everybody's supernatural spiritual gift. I said, I believe that yours is worth, and this is my, again, interpretation with this gift, I believe that yours is worth a knowledge, Corey. I really do. I believe it is. And I believe that that's my wife's also. Heather's, I haven't quit figured out yet. I would agree with that, but you know, one of the things, and I don't know where this lines up with spiritual gifts or whatever, but you know, you you're driven. (laughs) See, this is where it starts coming out. If I start just talking about somebody and kind of dissecting them, what I've always what I appreciate is that you're driven with things, that you're you come at things from a different angle. With us having a gift like this, you. You have a different, God's given you a different lens given certain situations. You come at things from a more graceful side. And, and I've appreciated that because sometimes I won't see things through that lens. And I'm just like, and sometimes because of the lens that I look through something, that's the other problem with this spiritual gift is a lot of times you think you're right. Like, got them down. Got them down, man. I know this person. There was a person in here. I thought I had them. I didn't like them. I didn't like. Them. I thought they were pompous. I thought they were a selfish jerk. I I didn't talk to them because I watch how they carried themselves, and I'm just like, I don't. I was like, man. And then and then I wound up in JBI with them. I'm like, oh, like you gotta be kidding me. I'm like, guy's a fraud. I'm like, there's no way, no way. <laughs> no, not Andy. So. I would oftentimes use uh, Wednesday nights to study and work on my stuff, and I know Andy does too because sometimes there's vacant rooms, so we'll steal a room and, and I'll work on my stuff. I would work on my stuff for JBI. Well, that gets caught. I see it. Thank you. Um, I would, I, I would, we would end up sharing a room. This person caught on to the thing that I was doing, and they were like, hey, do you mind if I... I'm like, yeah, I don't care. I'm like, I don't really want to engage them, but we start talking. And I told him, I said, I was straight up with him. I said, I don't know how the conversation got there, but we got there. And I just told him, I said, you want me to be honest with you? I said, I'll be honest with you. I said, I think it's your pompous jerk. I was straight up with him. I threw it right across a plate. And they said, really? I was like, yeah. I was like, I've, I said, I've paid attention to you for years. 
not that I've spent a lot of mental time on it, but I just like I figured you out and I put you in a corner over here and it's like, hey, I don't want nothing to do with them. And now I'm in JBI with you. Now I can't ignore it. <clears throat> and I said, well, I'm actually a very shy individual. I said, there's no way. I'm like, you ain't shy. I'm like, come on, man. He's like, yeah. He goes, I, everything that you perceive of me is not me at all. And I said, you got to clarify it. I said, because I'm not sold. I said, I know your background. I know your history. And he explained it. And I was about that tall when I was done. And I, and I told him, I said, I am extremely sorry. I said, I am extremely sorry that I have harbored, that I've harbored this assessment of you for this long. And now we are actually pretty good friends. We are in regular communication. We text each other. We pray for each other. I, I understand this person a whole lot better. So I cannot slam the gavel down on people all the time. So I understand that with this gift, that you can blow it. But the other aspect of this gift is you, not that you're looking for fights, but you're not afraid of confrontation. You, because if something's uneasy, the, ship, the ship's in rough water. You want things straightened out. You want smooth waters. You will, I'm like, I'm dealing with that. I'm going to deal with it now. And sometimes that's not always the right approach. Because dealing with it now is not always the thing to do. It's like, hold up. And there's verses, I'm getting ahead of myself because we're short on time. But the verses that are in here, it talks about being weary and well-doing. It talks about being weary and well-doing. Is there any more blanks left? Uh, There's a lot of good chunks of passage in there. We can finish it next week if you want. We can. Where are you guys at on your sheet? Where did we stop at? We have that second check mark to do. Okay, the second check mark. Okay. I think next week will be good. Are you you available? Yeah, it should be if you're okay with it. I mean, oh, it might probably. actually it might actually cover up our gap week too that yeah. we're, we were talking about with coming into the holiday. One thing I'll mention real quick, and I appreciate the introduction that you did with this because it really helped put things in perspective for me, and really just to highlight the danger of a spiritual gift like this. But not only that, but the allure. Because mm -hmm. this could be a spiritual gift that you really want to have of yourself because. The more that you can say and know and think about somebody else means that's less reflective time on yourself. There is an allure in your flesh for this kind of a gift. And I think that could be another kind of unhighlighted oh, yeah. danger that's not even on the study sheet for that. But like Rick ended there with, and, he, and as we're going to talk more next week with, this is something that you got to be very, very careful of. The allure is there to want and to desire the spiritual gift, and to a degree, we all need to be discerning on it. But man, I'll tell you what, it, you can you can not only foster a I'm always right mentality, but that's really just a one step closer to being a narcissist. Yeah. To always looking at everybody else is wrong, I'm right, and the fear is is that, like you know, thankfully. You had that situation where you're like, man, I was wrong about this person. Way wrong. What about somebody who refuses to see they're wrong in the situation? And you live the rest of your life that way. That can be a dangerous thing to have. So with that in mind, 
keep these things in the back of your mind. I can see just this week, you're like, yep, that's definitely my gift. And so now I know you, I knew you, I knew I was right about you. Be on guard with this thing and we'll yeah. finish this one next week. We don't want to see that this is your spiritual and you think, oh man, I'm going to really start polishing it. Don't use this room as your science lab. <laughs> Please don't. That's a good one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit bears record with our spirit, talks to us. Mm-hmm. This is why we always take everything to the Word of God. Yep. You have to. Yeah. If, you have, if you have an assumption about something, about somebody, yeah, there's no problem in assuming something, but you need to take it to God, not to other people, not to your second friends. Yeah. Yeah. You need to take it to God and let Him prove that. Because I can tell you I've had an assumption about people, mm-hmm. and I go, okay, let me pray on this. Let me think about this. And I'll stew on it for a couple weeks. I'll let yeah. God prove it, and then yeah. all of a sudden, bam, yeah. it, it'll make sense. So take it to God's Word. Let His Spirit try this. Yeah. Take it to Him, not to other people turning it to gossip and not to your yeah. mind thinking you're right. That's the danger of this gift, because because it can turn into gossip. You can't just I, you can't willy nilly just talk to people about certain situations and things. You do have to dwell on it. You're 100 percent right. And our flesh gets impatient, and again, we don't want to, you know, just blah, 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 blah. we what do we want to deal with it right now. And it's just like <whistles> slam on the brakes and, and hold up on it. And yeah, we'll we'll uh, I'll put together a summary of what we did here, and then we'll pick up on part two next week. You guys cool with that? You guys down? All right. All right.